Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Okay, welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. Really excited that you're here with us today. Today, I want to jump into this topic. I mentioned it, I believe, at the end of the last episode. And we're talking about how do we actually disciple somebody, which I hope that's what I've been trying to do, but this is a little different different genre at a different approach at it. I was reading an article by Bobby Harrington, who runs Discipleship.org, who I would really encourage you to check out. He was writing an article, and it was Discipleship Trends that he expects for 2019. And one of the things he said is he said, you know, for a long time, the conversation was about just convincing people that they were not disciple-making and that they needed to make disciples the way Jesus did. And he said that's got to where slowly he's seeing that's changing. It didn't change in everywhere, but it is. there's a trend. It's moving that way. But he said now people will come and say, and this is this is not like dumb people. These are like people who are in leadership in, in your churches. And he'll come and they'll come and say, hey, "Listen, we we realize that we we are not making disciples the way Jesus did, and we need we know we need to go back to that." He said, "But there's always this follow up question. We know we're not doing it, but how do we actually do that?" And that answer, I think, has a lot of different nuances in different ways. But what I decided that might be real interesting to do here is to try to just open up a little window and let you see what I'm doing. Uh, with a guy that I'm discipling. You know, recently for Christmas, somebody gave me a beehive, my second favorite Christmas gift, an empty beehive, and he thought I could trap some. And so I've been I've been watching these YouTube videos, reading reading bee articles, and I heard about something called an observation hive. And an observation hive is basically like a regular beehive, only one of the walls or maybe a couple of the walls are made of plexiglass or have a have a big plexiglass viewing window and I think it's a little harder to raise bees in there and and there's some downsides of it and they said but even if you lost a colony or if you lost some the amount that you would learn just by being able to watch it would be worth it and so that's what we hope to do here is just to open up a little window into uh, what I'm doing discipling this guy and see let you see hopefully see what we're doing maybe almost through the process of telling the story you absorb more than something else. We'll see if it's useful. I really hope it is. Obviously, it's a little bit like the hive in that you don't get to see all the layers. You don't get to see everything going on there. But hopefully, you get a good view and you get to see quite a lot of what's going on. So I'm going to call this guy Disciple A. Now, he has told me, I asked him, could I do this? And he said, yeah. And he said, oh, yeah, use my name, whatever. But I decided I would rather not use his name uh, one, because it sounds way more cool to be like, Disciple A. And two, uh, I'm kind of a, I don't know if I'm a private, pu- open person or an open private person. But especially sharing different things with people, I'm kind of hesitant. And um, if there was something, a challenge he was going through that I could share, I just feel more free to share it if you don't know exactly who he is. Now, if you figure it out, it's no big deal. Uh, he said he didn't care. If you live close to me, you'll figure it out really quickly. But I think that will allow us to share a little bit more freely. So right now, 
I want to give you a little bit of his background, how I approached him and asked him about uh, getting into a discipling relationship, uh, some of the stuff we've already done, and maybe a little bit of some of his challenges, things that he's going through now. And I hope that when you come out of this, hopefully you'll come out seeing a few things. One, I think you'll see that uh, it's not as hard as you think. Um, two, uh, God does a lot of the work. God does maybe <laughs> a lot of the work because I'm carrying a lot of it. Now, God does most of the work. Everything's really happening. It's happening through him. Three, I think you'll find it takes a lot more time and energy than you think. Uh, maybe not. You're more invested in this person. And corresponding, you'll see that you can't do that. You can only do that with a limited number of people. It's not like it's exhausting all my time. But if I had I had 12 of them, boy, it would be. I'd have, I'd have to change some of the methods I was doing that for absolute certain. Absolute certain. So anyway, uh, when we moved back to the States, uh, went back into my, my home church, we really wanted, <clears throat> wanted to disciple somebody. I uh, wanted to be doing that. We were doing it overseas. Some, yeah, through, through language barriers. Now we could do it in English to English. You know, that'd be great. So we wanted to do that, pray about different people. Uh, nothing clicked. Sometimes you think, well, maybe this would work out and just kind of everything peter off. Nothing worked out. So anyway, one day my church has a really nice men's Wednesday night Bible study. Really highly attended. Men really like it. Uh, really faithful to it. So one day I was going to it and Disciple A was there early. And so he and I were just chatting. And all of a sudden as we were chatting, it just clicked in my mind. It was like, oh, this is the guy. I think that was God saying like, oh, by the way, this is it. And how it clicked in my mind was all of a sudden, because this guy's, this guy's faithful. He, he actually came to faith late in life through kind of a crisis, crisis moment. He came to faith and then believe is the pastor that had had led him to faith that he went to talk to when he wanted to change stuff he told him you, you should go on a walk to Emmaus and so he goes on this walk to Emmaus and walk to Emmaus changes his life it really broadened and deepened and opened up his relationship with Jesus and so he's that's kind of the thing when I come back I see him serving places but he's always talking about walk to Emmaus trying to get people to go to it so all of a sudden I get this click moment from, from Jesus how I experienced it in my head was, you know, if you disciple him, he's already he's already being faithful in ministry and he can take all of those people or at least a lot of them that come through and either train them how to disciple someone or disciple them themselves. And so I ask him, hey, you want to have a you know a cup of coke, coffee next week? I think I got his phone number that day. So next week we do it. And I basically approached it to him through, because Emmaus was so influential, that's the, and that's how I approached it through. And I said, basically, tell me if I'm wrong, because I haven't been through Walk to Emmaus. They have their own little secrecy wall that they keep up until you've been through it. So I said, basically, you have, you have strong people, strong believers that come in to Walk to Emmaus, and you have weak believers, or maybe sometimes even non-believers that come in to Walk to Emmaus. And then they come out the other side, and the strong believers... Have, they have some kind of experience with God. Strong believers are still strong, maybe more on fire, maybe more loving, maybe different things. And the weak believers are on fire and, and ready to become strong believers or to, to follow more fervently. And so what I said, you know, the, when the weak believer comes out, what they need is they need somebody that's going to disciple them, that's going to train them in how to become this lifelong follower of Christ. And the guy that comes out strong, is he needs to know how to train somebody to do that, 
how to disciple somebody. And so I said, I'd like to disciple you. You know, I don't know. I didn't know where he was as much spiritually at that time or maturity wise. So I said, what I'd like to do is, is disciple you. And, and I may not even teach you that much. We'll see. But I want you to experience it. I want you to experience what it's like to be discipled. And in that experiencing, that's worth, you know, it's the hands-on training. It's worth uh, 10 times, 10,000 times of me just teaching you a class. So he jumped in. He thought that was great. I told him from the beginning, you know, I'll expect you to, to be starting to pray about uh, who you're going to disciple because God's going to want you to disciple people. And I can't remember if it was that very first day I told him that or if it was the first time we met. He was like, oh, yeah, I, uh, you know, this name popped in my mind immediately when I started praying about it. Maybe we'll call this guy Disciple A.B. So he has started discipling him. And when we begin meeting one of the things I realized after we'd met a little bit of time was that uh, he had a great tool. And, and part of what I'm really doing with him is giving him tools. He's had this tool it's called Walk to Emmaus, and it's a good tool, and it's a powerful tool, and he uses it for everything. It's like a guy that all the, the only tool he has is a hammer, and you figure out how to do whatever you need to do with a hammer. So it's a little bit like that. And what I'm doing is trying to put more tools in his toolkit. And you know, from everything I can observe on the outside, Walk to Emmaus is a, is a great thing. But if you only have one once a year or every six months and you meet somebody right afterwards, you know, like, what do you just tell them? Hey, in six months, you, you come to walk to Emmaus, okay? That's going to change you. Now, you know, hang on till then. Now, let's give him stuff that he can be doing with them now. And so some of those tools that we talked about, um, so when we meet, uh, I had an episode about the seven questions I ask. We ask, more or less, I ask those questions with him. And then based on what he answers, at the beginning, based on what he answers, I would just pick a Bible passage that day and would study it based on some of those answers. I've since kind of got more of a feel for where he's at, because at the beginning, you just don't really know. Like, how much does he know, not know? What's he doing well? What's he not doing well? Where's he obeying? Where's he disobeying? All that package, you just don't know. What we started doing now that we did know is we begin to study through the book of Luke. And some of the first things I did is I taught him some Bible study methods. And I didn't I didn't teach him super deep, inductive Bible studies that take, you know, a year to go through this one study and you have to follow a book. And it's real, those are good and they can be good. But I want something that's reproducible that he can also teach somebody else how to study their Bible. And so we taught him basically three methods. One's a cross-Bible study, which I've covered. One was the Hear Journals or Hear Bible Studies that uh, John Allison talked about in his episodes. And then I taught him the three-column study that Contagious Disciple Making likes to use. And so we did each of those couple weeks until kind of settle into like this is the one he likes. For the most part, he does the Hear Journal with an occasional cross-Bible study. That's what wound up working good for us. We began going through these through the studies. And at the beginning, he would like send me a picture of his journal every day. Hey, this is what I, this is what I, this is, this is what I studied, you know, and I'd give him some feedback on that. And then it's getting to where now he doesn't do that as much, but we talk about him when we, when we meet and we're moving in a great direction and he's been super faithful to study his, to have like a quiet time every day. One of the things that I've been most pleased with him about uh, just last week, he was talking about his quiet time. He said, you know, I really, I haven't hardly ever, haven't hardly been any, in any devotional books the last few weeks. I've just pretty well been in the Bible, which is really what I like. Not saying there's not a time to go through some books, 
but really getting to where you can feed yourself from the Word of God. There's nothing better. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, able to divide joint and marrow. The Bible study I write is not. The devotional book is not that. They're talking about this two-edged sword, and they have some of that in there, but it's not as effective as when you can take that two-edged sword yourself and let the Holy Spirit wield it in your life for you. That's the best. So super proud of him about that. Also really proud he's been discipling Disciple A.B. for probably, we had him wait a month or two before he started. He's like, how quick can we start? And you could say like, eh, right now you can start. Anyway, for various reasons, let's let you experience a little bit and then jump in. So that's been good. And then just last week, he had felt like God had kind of put another guy in his life. And so he's approached him and asked him, would you like to be discipled? And that guy thought he would, thought he'd been looking for something like that. So he's beginning to move forward that way. I'm super proud of him there. There's still some challenges he has. There's still some things, you know, there's a pattern of things people need to be mature. Uh, Some of those is knowledge, biblical knowledge. Uh, There was a question he asked me last week, and I was thinking afterwards, I was like, wow, you don't know that. I mean, that's like, to me, it's a pretty basic question. And in one sense, maybe it's not his fault. He hasn't, no one's taught him that or no one's showed him that. But in another sense, it's like, oh, wow, you know, like, how's how's he going to be when he meets with disciple AB, you know? And that was actually a question that he'd asked me out of their meeting. And so the reason, the reason I don't freak out about that is because he's coming to me and asking and he's, he's teachable. And I think he he knows enough to say like, oh, even if he thought he knew it and he didn't, he's humble enough to go back and say, you know, I think we missed this up. I think I gave you the wrong answer last week. And he's he's growing that way. The more he runs into those problems or concerns, the more he'll grow. So he's doing great. The other thing I really noticed is that basically like everything I've done, he does with the next guy. So when he got started, I bought him a Navigator's uh, memory verse card set. You can get them on Amazon or from the Navigator's. And I don't do it exactly the Navigator way, but they've got the memory verse cards there. So I gave him some of those. And then a little bit in, we got a story cloth that you could get from History history Cloth, historycloth.com, maybe .org. I'll put it in the notes. And so I got him one of those. And so he immediately, when he's discipling someone, he gets them the things that I got him. I didn't tell him to do that. He just does it because that's what he was done. So... One of the things you definitely learn is that they pattern things the way you do. And at the beginning, I ran into a couple of issues with that because I was just asking him questions. He gave me an answer. I would pick a Bible passage that related to that and would study it. And so he would actually just study those same passages at the beginning with Disciple AB. And I hadn't specified, like, the reason I'm teaching you this one is because of that. So we've moved a little bit more into now we went through the book of Luke. And so he was just started going through the book of Luke with the guy he was discipling. And so that was a little bit more patternistic. So the, the good news is is the things you do well, they will they'll imitate that. Usually they'll do the same thing. The bad news is is the things you mess up on, they uh tend to imitate as well. And so it's good to be open and vulnerable with him. I'm trying to do the same thing and say, Hey, I uh messed this up. We should we should do this a little bit differently. Anyway, I'm super excited about it. I hope this was helpful. I will try to put these out. Normally, I release our episode on Tuesday, but I'll hopefully be throwing these out another day of the week. 
on a pretty regular basis, but a lot shorter. Well, that's it for me today. I am really excited about a couple of interviews I have coming up. Uh, one with a lady on discipling your children. Really excited about that. And then when I did my prison training last week, uh, one, I freaked out a little bit uh, by the time it was done. But two, this guy that works at prison ministry just gave a real short spiel, had this awesome story. And so I got an interview scheduled with him. So those will be coming out soon. I think you'll love it. Until I see you next time, keep making disciples. Love you guys.